0: Greetings and welcome to Carmelite Conversations. This is Frances Harry, your host. Recently, we did a Carmelite conversation with Discast Carmelite secular member Marika Zimmerman. And it was on praying the liturgy of the hours, or rather we were calling it pray without ceasing, fulfilling the Lord's precept through the liturgy of the hours. And so she did her presentation part And now today we want to do part two, which is the questions that we have about the liturgy, hours. Now, before I bring Marika back on the program, I would just like to do um, an opening prayer. I always like to start with prayer. And so let's just bow our heads and sign ourselves in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, come. Come by way of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, your dearly beloved spouse. She who is our model of this great interior prayer that is offered to the Father. Teach us to pray in union with Mary to the Father, in your Holy Spirit, with Jesus our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome back, Marika, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Francis, and it's always a pleasure to be on the program with you. Um, How are you doing?
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm feeling blessed. Uh, We're actually doing this podcast during Holy Week, and what a time to be talking about praying without ceasing, right?
1: Amen to that. You know, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities within the church uh, this week for spiritual growth, and for advancing our prayer and to learning to pray better. Um, So this topic is timely, I think.
0: Well, I thank you for the presentation you gave us on praying without ceasing. And today I have lots of questions for you. And some of them might repeat a little bit of things we've covered, but um, I think reputation is good for education (laughs) and formation. It helps uh, with memory. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, we am gonna start with a basic question. Who generally prays the Liturgy of the Hours?
1: Well, generally uh, it's it's been thought that, you know, the priests, uh, deacon and religious, but it's now come into a new season where the laity are are very much invited to be praying the Liturgy of the Hours. And, uh, you know, the way that it is structured, it, it can be adapted to various lay groups. So um, it's for everyone.
0: Absolutely, and I think it's a, a, a wonderful behavior for the domestic church, for the home, and so uh, even though it may seem intimidating at first, once you work at it and get into the practice, have somebody help you out, uh, we have so many aids out there, um, it's much easier now to learn than it was earlier in, in my day back 25 years ago, but um What a beautiful thing to do, the official prayer of the church, to pray in union with the church, through Christ and with Christ. So now we know that the Liturgy of the Hours is based on several hours. I know we're familiar with morning prayer and evening prayer, but talk to us about these other hours and who prays these other hours.
1: Well, it's uh, the mostly the priests and the religious, they're in community, they, they are required to pray the hours. And I think from various orders, you'll see that they pray, they have a different structure uh, as far as how they're gonna establish it in their community. So it's not one set way, all the hours are there and then how each community um, establishes a structure in their community is unique. Um, for us as OCDS, um, you know, we have our morning and our evening prayer um, with the optional night prayer, but we can also pray the divine office. Um, in fact, I know many members of our community who pray the divine office and that, that's a very rich part of the Liturgy of the Hours, I, I find for myself, because it has um, uh, writings from our church fathers. Uh, Vatican documents. and um, I just I just find it awfully enriching to the the Eucharist itself, you know, as a good preparation because the two go hand in hand, so, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I think that there are various hours, and um, like I said, for the for the religious, they're going to be praying a majority of the hours. there's a there's a mid-morning and a mid-afternoon. and so um, you have these these various hours that are added throughout the day. So, it's it's like play, praying around the clock. So if you think about it, there are 24 hours in a day and there's various time zones. So there are religious communities praying the religious hours all the time. Yeah,
0: it makes me feel good when I don't get my evening prayer at the right exact time. I can feel good that I'm praying with somebody somewhere in the world. <laughs> and
1: we are even, you know, it doesn't really matter if we're sitting by ourselves or in community um, because it's an ecclesial prayer. It's not like a devotion. Um, we are praying with the whole church wherever we are in in union with the whole church, and so to me that's uh, that's very consoling.
0: And we we think about who prayed those psalms. You know, Jesus and Mary Jesus. would have prayed those psalms, so we're uniting in the words that they used as well. And Scripture does talk about praying at the third hour, the sixth hour, the ninth hour. There's many scriptural passages that talk about that. So how wonderful that the church and its wisdom has provided these hours so that we can try to stay connected throughout the day and learn to pray without ceasing. So this Liturgy of the Hours is a great uh, tool to help us to pray, but to also to pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. So let's go on and talk about there is a one volume, which you mentioned before, and a four volume set. Can you Tell us the differences and why you prefer one or the other.
1: Okay, so we have the one volume is actually called the Christian Prayer. And there's actually two two types. There's a real slim little version, and then there's a a really thick one that looks like one of the volumes of the four volume. Um, The four volume is actually broken into, um, uh, it's based on the liturgical year. We have the first volume is um, Advent and Christmas, and then we have two volumes that cover ordinary time and then there's one that's for the um lenten and easter season uh i do like those i mean they all have the four weeks of the psalter um but with the four volume like i said we have the divine office in there in an ex- in its its complete um form and so if you are interested in doing the divine office I encourage you to buy the four volume set because then you'll be able to do the divine office and morning evening prayer and all of the other hours if you choose to do them um, with the with the Christian prayer, the one volume, uh, you do have the four weeks of the Psalter, and you have, a, there's like a couple of, I, I guess, some some snippets from from a couple of the divine office writings um, in the back, um, and the, the one volume also has the the musical scores for the hymns whereas the four volume just has the text um so if that's important to you if you prefer to see the music when you're you have the hymns then the one volume um if it doesn't matter to you and you know the hymns (laughs) it's fine sometimes i actually come up with my own melodies there's some basic melodies A priest taught me once he said there's some melodies that you can use for a lot of different songs <laughs> so um, if you just get the melodies done, you can adapt them, you know, according to the number of, you know, syllables in each stanza. So
0: but for people who don't know the song and then there's that printed music there and there. It ability, helps. It really does. Able To read music. Um, that really does help. So that that's nice to have.
1: Oh, and also um, I think we talked about this one time, too, that in the one volume, the psalm tones.
0: Absolutely you brought
1: that up. So
0: and I'm going to talk about that. In just a second, a little bit more. Um, but let's let's go to do what do you say about praying the Liturgy of the hours alone versus praying it in a group?
1: Well, um, they both have advantages and disadvantages. I know when we come together in community, once a month, we pray evening or we chant evening prayer together. And there's there's something beautiful about coming together in community and praying together. Um, because we reinforce the skills in each other. Uh, there are some people who are just kind of just beginning the journey, and they need a lot of help <laughs> trying to find where they're supposed to be and to get that rhythm, because there's a beautiful rhythm um, in the, the Liturgy of the Hours when you, you've really learned how to pray it well. Um, and, and that takes time and it takes practice. And it can become frustrating in the beginning when you're just trying to learn how to flip through the book and okay, do I have the right prayers? Did I miss the glory (laughs) be And all that. And and so getting those right things in the right place, but it does require practice. It does require discipline. So when you're first learning, a group is very advantageous. However, um, praying alone is also good because there are times when the Holy Spirit is working in you and is trying to teach you something and bring something to light for you. And so when you're alone, you can take those extended pauses. Um, perhaps there's a scripture reading and it really touches your heart. So you want to go look that up in your Bible. And you can do that when you're praying alone. But when you're in a group, you're following the cadence. And so you have to keep going. Um, so like I said, it's there's advantages and disadvantages to both.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about now that what we just wrote, brought up a few minutes ago about the reciting Uh, where we speak or read the um, prayers versus the chanting of it. Uh, Give us your insight on those two aspects of the Liturgy of the Hours.
1: Um, Well, okay, with regard to uh, chanting, uh, there are various communities that chant it a little different. So if you uh, visit a community and they're doing it different, um, just recognize that that's, that's a... That's uh, something that they've adopted that fits their charism and that's working in their community. There's no right or wrong way to chant it. I mean, I've experienced different types of chants in uh, different groups. Um, you know, it it does lend itself to that uh, that notion of when we sing, we pray twice. Yes. So there's a way to really enter into the prayer. It does something to the soul um, in a way that when you're just reciting a prayer or praying a prayer vocally, uh, with just the words. But um, that, that's good too. Um, but you know, with the chanting, it helps us to understand rhythm a little bit better, I think. And, and I, I, think I think that that's, that's where we get that discipline of the rhythm of the hours with the chanting. So
0: I also think it helps us to be more contemplative because it slows the speech down. Because Correct. you're yes, music. And so there it, it, it stretches it out some, um hence it will probably take a little bit longer time um but if you're not just checking things off the list and you're really trying to pray (laughs) you're not concerned about the time element and so um yes uh chanting is so beautiful and in fact in that one volume where you were talking about the psalm tones that whole section is an instruction about how to put different parts of the liturgy the hours to music So some of the canticles are there, um, how you chant the invitatory psalm. Um, And so there's a lot of instruction that that really helps people in that section. And I might also add that there is a app that you can get for your phone, for your cell phones. Um, It's called Breviary Tunes. And so if you don't know a hymn and you're not good at reading music, then that app, you can find your song on the app and sing along with it and um or or use it as a teaching tool so it's very helpful another so.
1: another resource on the learning how to do a hymn um actually i actually went to youtube and there's a priest who has been uploading um music from morning and evening prayer i forget his name um but i just would put in the the name of the hymn and from the liturgy of the hours and some of his hymns come up so there, there's ways to find the melodies and then just learn the tune uh, if you're not familiar with them.
0: All right. Very good. All right. So and we know uh, the one biome is is cheaper to get um, and easier to carry around and um, you don't have to keep moving things around. <laughs> Sorry about that interruption. there. We had a little talking happening there. I don't know what that was. Yeah. Um, Uh, But the four volume, you know, you switch out to the seasons and it's so much richer. There's so much more of a feast available in the four volume. So um, everyone gets to decide on on that, what they want to do. And and if you are trying to learn uh, how to get through the pages and stuff there, there are things we're going to suggest here in just a little bit. But let's let's talk about. um, Yeah, let's talk about the challenges that people have in praying the liturgy of the hours. And, uh, and of course, one of them, of course, is how intimidating it can be to turn pages.
1: Yes. And so um, if you are familiar with how the book looks itself, if you've actually picked it up, I know in the four volume um, we have an assortment of ribbons. And I love I love the colors of the ribbons, um, but I associate them. And it really helps me to organize my bravery in a way that that I can use it quickly. So I'm going to just share with you um, just a little trick that I've I've shared with many of our aspirants. Um, we always begin our day with the invitatory, and so we can think of as the sun coming up. So I put the yellow ribbon right where the invitatory is in my breviary. I mark it with yellow. I also use a yellow tab that I put on the Canticle of Zachariah, so that I know that that's morning. That's right in that middle section of your breviary. Um, so then with our excuse our, me.
0: You're talking about the one volume right now, right? No, actually both. Oh, both of them have it in the middle. Okay. I wasn't remembering. Well,
1: yeah, I, I'm I'm more familiar with the four volume. I know you use the, the one volume. So correct me if I get it wrong on the one volume, but I, I believe it's in the center as well. You have <laughs> your invitatory. Um, and so then we have the four weeks of the Psalter. And this is just a reoccurring set of Psalms. And it's it, it's based on a four-week cycle. Um, It's in both brieveries, and um, I mark that with the green ribbon because that's hope, that's life. I think of life-giving words of of Christ, So, um, and that's just cyclical, and it's ongoing. So I I use the green ribbon for that one. And then I use um, the uh, purple or lavender color ribbon to mark um, the the liturgical season. So we always have... um, like a special set of readings, and that's usually in the front part of your breviary. Uh, it'll say what week we're in in the liturgical calendar, and I will use my um, my purple ribbon for that one because that shows, you know, it makes me think of Advent and Lent and the different seasons like that. So that's where I put the purple, and then the red I use that one for the the saints and um, which feast day we're celebrating. That's usually near the back part of your breviary, and you know if it's If it's April, you know, 25th, our mother of good (laughs) counsel. I don't think that one's in the breviary, but I'm using that as an example. Um, You know, whatever saint we happen to be on, uh, just to mark that. So there's sometimes there's special readings for our saints. Sometimes they're not in the breviary because they were canonized after the breviary. It was made
0: so that's when you get yeah. additional proper
1: <laughs> yeah well one thing i've done and you're free to do this if it's your breviary um i've just been adding them as the church canonizes a new saint i just kind of pencil it in um <laughs> you know with a little line and so then i'm aware that there's a saint on this day don't have the readings but i can go online now and you can find many things online uh writings about the saints and things so that's another way that you can enrich your prayer about um you know during that day uh and then the white i like to use for night prayers because i think of your white sheets <laughs> you're going to sleep <laughs> and um the blue i i usually just put in the commons in the back the common of the blessed virgin um you know the common of, of priests you know and um bishops and and that thing so sometimes we that's another whole area I mean, we're not going to focus on that because that's a uh, though take another half hour or so. So that's basically what you can do with your ribbons. And also in the middle section, um, because we have, like I said, in the morning, the Canticle of Zachariah, and in the evening we have the Magnificat. Both of those are in the middle section of your book. Um, In the four volume, uh, we also have the Te Deum, which we pray after the divine office um, for feasts. And so I marked those with just like regular office tabs, yellow for Zechariah because it's morning, blue for Mary, and then green for the today, which to me is life and hope. So I just use little things like that, um, little helps. And that makes it much easier to be flipping back and forth then, because once you understand the color structure and what you're looking for, um, you can you can easily uh, navigate through the, the breviary.
0: Yes, I think that color coding and tabbing is very helpful. Um, I think a lot of people will benefit from um, how you've done that. So thank you for sharing. Oh, and
1: another another little clue that most people don't realize because they usually have to get a um, a little book like to tells them where we are in the the um, in in this liturgical cycle. I've never I haven't used one of those ever, and the reason I've never really needed it is because well we have church calendars that usually tell us you know where we are uh what week of the the church cycle we're on but in the front part like i said the part that you would mark with your purple ribbon um, as far as which liturgical week on sunday it'll tell you um, which week of the psalter you are starting so when you are in um the evening prayer one for you know getting ready for sunday it will say psalter one psalter two and you'll see that little marking so you can go and put your green ribbon there and then you automatically know, OK, we're starting this week of the Psalter and it's right up front. It's already in your brewery
0: Well, thank you for bringing that to our attention. Some people might have missed that. And, you know, also about this this page turning, it, it can be really frustrating, especially at the beginning. I remember working at it very hard um, at the very beginning. But now um, we have some apps for your cell phone. Um, it's Ibreviary, and you you know of another one, right? Um, yeah, the un-
1: Universalis, I think it is. Yeah,
0: right, and so both of them have it, and then just different orders will put their um, Liturgy of the Hours online as well, and Bishop Barron um, is now putting out a Liturgy of the Hours where there's no page flipping. It's a monthly subscription. I think it's like seven dollars a month. I haven't it's so new, I haven't uh, gotten it. Um, But some people may find that very helpful. And, you know, uh, he was suggesting it might be helpful for families or groups. And so it'll be interesting to see how uh, that helps out. But I encourage anybody who's just beginning. um, Others have been through this, and they know how complicated it can be. So if you're new at it, and you are with somebody who does know how to do it, sit beside them and, you know, flip pages as they flip them and ask them for help. And, you know, their charity will be there to, to help steer you through um, all of the pages. So, and it also helps to have some understanding about the structure of um, how this is put together. So we know that uh, morning prayer is like, you know, praise and worship, you know, to start your day, sanctify your day. And then evening prayer, I think of in terms of Thanksgiving and uh, the petitions for all the is- issues from the day. But there is a, uh, a format that is followed. And if you understand the format, then um, it makes it easier to understand uh, where to move in the book. Would you care to go through that format briefly for us? Um, like
1: I mentioned, um, the day begins with what's called the Invitatory in the middle section. And you actually have, it's usually Psalm 95, but you actually have a choice of a couple of other psalms. So if you if you feel like I'm I'm praying this psalm and I, I want something different, you do have an option. So it's all in, explained in the middle section there when you do your Invitatory. So I just encourage you to go ahead and read what options you have. Um but that your 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 day begins with the invitatory, and then we move into an opening hymn, and it's it's tied to the season. If we are in Lent, um, you will you will have some options of Lenten hymns, and if you're in Advent, you'll have some options of Advent hymns. But there's generally a hymn that is assigned to the regular, uh, um, you know, the church cycle. Um, so just sing the hymn. I encourage you to just take your time singing the hymn. Pay attention to the words and what our Lord is speaking to you in your heart as you're singing that hymn. You don't have to be the best singer, (laughs) but, you know, God's God's looking for the song in your heart. Um, And then, of course, we go into the psalms. And it's um, two psalms or parts of psalms with a scriptural canticle in the morning. And this consists of a psalm of praise, a canticle from the Old Testament, followed by another psalm. Um, And in evening prayer, this consists of two psalms and one psalm divided into two parts and a scriptural canticle taken from the New Testament. And then there's a short scripture passage, um, both in morning and evening. And I encourage you, uh, I know in the the four volume, the scripture passage tends to be a little bit shorter. In the Christian prayer, it's a little bit the longer version. Uh, So if you really want to have more scripture, and you have the four volume, you can you can pull out your Bible and go ahead and read the rest of the passage. And, um, you know, you can fill it that way. Or you can just use the Christian one volume. Uh, like I said, the, the passages for Scripture are a little bit longer. And I, I didn't realize that in the beginning when I first joined our Kermelite community. Because um, we have various members who will get up and do the, the readings. And if it's a person with a four volume, I was like, okay, so the reading's done. But the person with the one volume, the reading would go on, and I don't have that in my library. (laughs) Then I became aware that that there was a difference in the two um, that way. So that's just something to keep in mind when you're trying to make a decision, if that's important to you. Um, And then there's a responsory, typically a verse of scripture, um, but sometimes liturgical poetry. And then, of course, we have the Canticle of Zachariah uh, in the morning, and then the Canticle of Mary, the Magnificat, in evening prayer. Um, and then we go into intercessions. And this is a part where um, I think we should take our time because we are praying for the church, for various things in the church. And at the end of this, you can always add all your petitions um, if you're praying in group. Uh, encourage each other to, you know, well, what should I pray? What should we pray for for you? You know, our deacon always says, and what else should we pray for? And then members of our community will will voice whatever particular thing is on their heart. Maybe a family member is having surgery or maybe there's a family difficulty or something in the news is really weighing heavy on their heart. So they'll pray and ask prayers for that. Um, So that's a time where you can add your petitions. And I do encourage you to do that regularly and get in the habit of that, because this is a liturgical prayer, just like mass. And so bringing this, these petitions into this liturgy is a beautiful way to pray for the people that you love and for people who have asked you to pray for them. Um, and then we, we follow that with the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that our Lord gave us. And then, of course, there's a concluding prayer composed by the church. And then of course we do the the final blessing if you're praying by yourself there's a there's a prayer to pray that's also explained in the middle part of your breviary on how to close um, the liturgy the hours if you are not um, if there's no deacon or priest present so you're not receiving that blessing um, so that's kind of it in a nutshell <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you uh, that framework uh, is consistent between morning prayer and evening prayer the other hours Have their own little formats. They're shorter, but the morning and evening prayer have that basic format. So we're really grateful for that. Now, sometimes uh, one of the biggest problems, you know, we talk about getting all the page turning and stuff, but what if you're just kind of lost regarding what day you're supposed to be praying, what week, what season? And it's complicated even further when you have a Carmelite proper of the Liturgy of the Hours that has, you know, specifically the Carmelite saints that you're um, wanting to celebrate with. So uh, what what do you suggest for that?
1: Okay, like I said, I gave the little clue earlier. Um, so if you can find out what week we're in in the liturgical calendar, hopefully you're going to Mass on Sunday. So if you know what Mass you celebrated on Sunday, what part of the cycle you were in, and your bulletin will tell you look at your church bulletin um you can also look it up online you can go to the u.s catholic conference of bishops to find out where we are in the liturgical cycle and then in that front section of your breviary, you look for this is week one of advent or you know this is week 17 of ordinary time depending on which volume you're in Um, so you can go there and then like i said go to the start of the week and it will say where you are in the psalter Mm -hmm. so then you can set the green ribbon and then of course um in the back you have your saints so you can always put your red ribbon right there so easy to set that part up
0: yeah and in the back it's the 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 roman calendar of the saints that the the the, are present um we have a separate book that we use for our carmelite saints and um some, some of those have just a little tidbit to add, and others have a whole section of, of all the things that you're supposed to be adding. like, of course, from Holy Mother Teresa or St. John the Cross. Uh, that's important to have that, but it's also present online, so people can find the proper of the um, Carmelites online as well. But for those who are not savvy with uh, Marika's hint, I'll suggest that there is another um option out there it's a little pamphlet it's usually three or four bucks and it's called saint joseph guide to christian prayer and that is for the one volume and for the four volume it is the saint joseph guide for the liturgy of the hours and you um basically can get those on a yearly basis and it'll tell you what page and um with the calendar date beside it and if there's a special feast day, it'll give you directions there. So uh, for some people that need a little help, um, that's very handy. Okay, so there's also the problem in praying the office that some people really go too fast, <laughs> so.
1: That's, that's a common thing also with devotions that are practiced in the church as well. <laughs> <laughs> they wanna get it done quickly.
0: So what is it? What can we do that's in the liturgy of the hours in the morning and the evening prayer, particularly that will help us to slow down?
1: Well, we can we can take um, sacred silences, you know, in between we can uh, as we finish uh, one of the Psalms and then we go to the antiphon. We say that we say glory to the Father and we say the antiphon. We can take a pause. There's always like a a psalm prayer. read, read the, uh, the Psalm prayer slowly, um, reflect on it. Let it, let it really just enter into your heart, um, because it is a prayer. And then also look at the titles, the various titles, uh, the markings in red, those are not really read aloud, but those are, you know, um, read the scripture passages. Okay. This is taken from like Hebrews chapter one, verse one. Um, pay attention to the titles, pay attention to where the scriptures are taken from, because that's an intentional slowing down. And also, you're putting information into yourself that you don't realize, but it will come back up. And so that's another way to learn where scriptures are in the Bible. So a lot of people don't study scripture. But if if you get in the habit of looking where these psalms are taken from, it becomes a part of you. And then you can say, oh, well, this is one of my favorite psalms. Whereas before you wouldn't even know where to find it, <laughs> and so um, it's just another another tool. But yes, yeah, intentionally slowing down with those sacred silences. Um, what is the Lord saying? And if something grabs your heart while you're reading a psalm, go back and reread it again, or maybe a third time. Um, and I sometimes keep a, a notepad next to next to me when I'm praying in the morning, especially when I'm doing the Divine Office. If there's something that is really coming to mind that, that the Lord is really want, wanting me to focus on that day, I'm going to write it down because that's something you can take to your prayer times. You can take to mass um, because each one of us is being formed according to God's will and purpose. He has something that he wants to teach us each day. Um, but most of the time we're not paying attention. <laughs> so being intentional when we're praying the office and having a little notepad next to us um is a good way to start practicing being intentional about our prayer. And then if you're in mass and go, oh, okay, I'm gonna jot this down. This, this, this from the reading jumped out at me, or this from Father's homily. And then you go back and at the end of the day, you can look at that and say, Wow, this all connected, and the Lord was teaching me something wonderful. And so God was talking to me today. I just wasn't, I just wasn't aware that this is how He's doing it.
0: <laughs> and it is wonderful how the church and her wisdom have connected the mass readings and the liturgical prayers of the liturgy the hours together so that um, it fleshes out these topics so beautifully. And to that point of sacred silences, it's also time to just pause and listen, because sometimes that's when the Holy Spirit is nudging you and bringing your attention to something. And those titles and those... um, the italicized scriptures that come before the actual psalm um, they also help you uh, focus on <clears throat> it helps you direct your focus on what that psalm is about so that you're you you've kind of been prepped to to for where it's going and um I always think it's helpful so sacred silences very important and so Carmelite, right? Yes <laughs> <important> contemplative. <exactly>. <laughs> All right, so um, we talked about um, the Carmelite proper of the liturgy, the hours, um, as far as knowing which saint to celebrate, we have the saints that the church is establishing for different days of the year, but um, each order has their own proper uh, with saints in particular that they're celebrating. So um, if you are a third order Franciscan or or Dominican, um, then you'll have a different proper with different saints. And certainly you wanna honor the saints of the order that you're related to. Um, So now the next thing is distractions. Lots of people have distractions in prayer in general, but also while praying the liturgy, the hours. And of course, turning pages, Flipping ribbons, uh, knowing what season we're in, those are distractions, but now let's talk about the distractions that are happening in your mind, even if you know where everything is, and you're praying along.
1: Okay, I'm gonna read something from St. Therese on distractions. Okay. Um, it, <laughs> This is, this is from, um, this is just a quote, and I, I don't know exactly where I found it, but I wrote it down when I was dealing with distractions in the beginning, really a lot. And she says, a novice was grieving about her numerous distractions during prayer. And she says, I too have many, um, but I accept all for the love of the good God, even the most extravagant thoughts that come into my head. And, um, So I think that when we're first starting to pray and we get these distractions, um, to just acknowledge them, they're there. Let the Lord know you know that they're there and bring that, start with that. You know, Lord, I'm struggling with this distraction. Don't try to fight it because the more you fight it, the worse it's gonna get. Just accept the fact that distractions come to all of us. We're just gonna plow right through the best we can. God is permitting it for a reason. And just like Therese, you know, she had them too. Great saints have them. And I think that, you know, if we take the right attitude with regard to distractions, um, it'll, it will fare much better in the long run rather than trying to just kind of take control of the situation. I think surrendering to it and allowing uh, the Holy Spirit to work in us and just, it, it makes us humble before God. We're, we're his little children. And so, you know, little kids get distracted easy. I mean, if we, if you are a parent or have been a parent, you, you know this with your little children when they're small. <laughs> You're trying to teach them something or show them something and they're already looking at something else. <laughs> so I think that that's just part of the process of growing. Um, so just bring them before the Lord. He knows they're already there. And just it's a sign of showing our smallness before him. And then just plow through. Just do the best you can.
0: I like that you pointed out it can help you grow in humility and yes. so how important it is to ask the Holy Spirit to help you pray your liturgy of the hours. Like I know Teresa Avila always said, always start every prayer with the sign of the cross and asking the Holy Spirit to help, right?
1: Amen to that. <laughs>
0: and the other thing about distractions is um, it's an opportunity to grow in the virtue of perseverance because if you stay with the distraction you're going to be off but if you're going to fight it and try to come back and not be upset with yourself just accept your your humble state that you're a distracted person right now (laughs) um but you've come back then you've won the battle it's it's Mm -hmm. when you stayed in the distraction that you're losing the battle so if you have to fight this a hundred times in one minute then just think how many battles you just won and how much Growth in perseverance that you've had, so
1: it's a very you know, like Saint Teresa talks about that determined determination, just just <laughs> plow through,
0: yes. So, and, and you need that determined determination when you're first learning how to pray the liturgy, of the hours you really do. <laughs> but that's that's you- a
1: lot of act of the will, I mean, to really you know, to um. Say I'm going to do this. This is something I feel I'm called to do. And no matter what happens, I'm just going to stick to it, you know, and just maybe it didn't look pretty the first few times you did it, but you you made a commitment and you honored it. And that's what God is looking at, the fact that you followed through. Um, And I think that that's important.
0: And when you have been clothed in caramel, and you've made this temporary promise that you are going to fulfill these different obligations, this obligation of morning prayer and evening prayer and optional night prayer, um, the virtue of obedience can help you get through it because there's periods in your life where it may not be something that is consoling to you. And you may feel useless because you're so distracted or uh, a number of other reasons, but because of obedience and you're gonna be faithful to the order, you know, you you go ahead and pray. And there's probably lots of people who are praying the Liturgy of the Hours in that moment that are very intensely praying and they're not distracted. So they're gonna make up for your lack. And then when you are uh, able to pray, well, you make up for somebody else's lack. So we're, we're all in this together. And we all uh, pray and uh, just thinking that people throughout the world are praying this um, around the clock. Because of the different time zones, it's it's so beautiful.
1: And, and, I, and just just to, uh, uh, to um, bring to light something, uh, uh, I heard from one another secular Carmelite, um, and I and I've adopted it for myself. Keep the rule, and the rule will keep you. And I and I just love that because you know when you make promises, if you honor your promises and your commitment, um, then you know you'll you'll be able to go the distance. You know, I mean, we go through different seasons, and so. That's why we make these promises um, in order to kind of hold us accountable. And so we just
0: keep going ahead. <laughs> All by the grace of God. <laughs> <Amen>. <laughs> All right. So uh, one of the other issues that seculars, uh, lay people have in trying to pray the liturgy of the hours, and I and I, I can imagine it happens to priests priest too, because they get some unexpected calls to go come s- serve their, uh, parishioners or souls, um, for one reason or another, but establishing the time and the place to pray. Um, I know with, uh, parents of little children, that <laughs> they, they find this incredibly hard. <laughs> so what, what suggestions do you have for people on finding the time and place?
1: Um, for myself, uh, over the years, I've noticed that, um, the Lord has changed the time and the place. And he's brought it into a, a different way of being. In the beginning, uh, like I said, when I was first learning, I prayed morning prayer with community in the church because that was before mass and it was very helpful. It was led by the priest. Um, it was the little Christian prayer. And so I was just learning. And so you, I just began with morning prayer and then I added evening prayer later on. Um, so learning the liturgy of the hours, um, to be patient with yourself, it comes in stages and then as you progress and become more proficient in the praying of the liturgy the hours your space and time can change i noticed one of our deacons he likes to pray his morning prayer in front of the tabernacle you know when he comes in and for some people that is great they want to pray it right in the church with our lord but not everybody has that luxury uh sometimes family commitments and job situations um some people i've heard actually will do um the online, they'll, they'll have it on their like the little podcast or whatever and listen on the way to work and do it that way because they don't have the luxury of actually having a brewery in front of them because of the way that that stage of their life is. Um, I actually heard another mother who um, has lots of little kids. She gets up like 430 in the morning when the house is quiet and it's a huge sacrifice on her part um but she says that that really sets the tone for her day for the morning anyway she starts then and then she's able to get you know breakfast and school whatever else needs to happen with the family but that's a sacrifice and god will bless her in you know getting up before everybody else and um so other other things um if you have like a prayer altar in your house a little place that you've established with your family as a place of prayer Um, If you start praying in front of it regularly, your family members will say, oh, this is a prayer place. Mom or dad is praying. Okay, so then you are actually witnessing faith to your family members. And yes, you might hear noise and it might be a little distracting. Somebody's running through the room or something. But what you're doing is you are actually catechizing your family and you are honoring your commitment. So don't worry about all the it's not perfect (laughs) i think that sometimes we want that perfect setup and everything um it's not going to be like that now later on maybe after you've retired and your kids have moved out and you're in your own house by yourself you might have that luxury but you know most people are living daily lives with job and kids and family so i i encourage you to just do the best you can um, and pray to the holy spirit to set those times for you to help you to know where you where would be best for you individually? Um, Where is he calling you? Some churches are open. And so you might be able to stop in in a chapel on your way home from work before you go home. You know, and if it's like four o'clock or 430, take that 15 minutes, just tell your spouse, I'm going to stop at the church and pray my evening prayer. And then I'm coming home and we can have dinner. So you can do there's lots of ways to be creative with finding the time and place. So there's not one set rule for this. Um, I think you really need to just, you know, take some quiet time and pray to the Holy Spirit, what's best for you in your situation. Um, so that's my recommendation for that.
0: Well, thank you. And you know, it, it's not like you need a half hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> morning or evening prayers. Well, I'd say 15 minutes is a good guideline for being able to do your morning and evening prayer. And so it's not like you have to carve out a large block of time. And I think a lot of people think, oh, I got to do my evening prayer. But they're thinking it's going to take so long that they put it off and then they don't get it done. So you got to think, okay, if I just did my evening prayer during all the commercials of a TV show, that would be 15 minutes. Wouldn't it? Because commercials last forever now. Now, I don't say play your evening prayer during a tv show i'm not saying that i'm just saying we waste a lot of time with commercials and tv right so i mean 15 minutes just step away um from everything for 15 minutes let your spouse know you know i just need you to watch the kids for 15 minutes or you you watch the dinner on the stove for me for 15 minutes or you know whatever it is you might want to um think that before you walk in the house <laughs> i'm in the driveway i got 15 minutes i'm gonna pray it here before i walk in uh, you got to be creative sometimes um, sometimes
1: when you're if you're leaving work you know when you go to the parking lot if your parking lot and i'm saying this if it's a safe place you know and not all parking lots are safe you don't want to be sitting in your car for extended periods of time but if you're in a place where you just came out of work and your parking lot in your area is relative to say, sit in your car and do it for 15 minutes before you actually drive home, right. you know, just kind of conclude the day of work. And then with that prayer, and then you can clear your mind and then be, be ready to, you know, um, enter into your family situation when you get home. And then that's not like hanging over your head going, oh, when am I going to fit this in? Because I have all the kids are screaming and they want me to do something, you know, and so. Right,
0: right. Um, yeah. You know, so we basically we have to have holy flexibility um, and we have to be creative um, and God understands what we're going through. And, and um, he honors our and our will. And I know sometimes we're feeling very rushed so we're going to try to hurry through it. We'll probably pick the shortest invitatory that day when we're in a rush or, you know, instead of, you know, those um, optional um, Psalm prayers. I, I was told by a priest that that was an American thing that the the publishers in America added those, but over in Europe they didn't have these additional psalm prayers after. I they, love
1: the psalm prayers. I mean, for nice. me, it's,
0: yeah, <laughs> it's so beautiful. But you you also can know that those are optional, and so if if you are feeling pressed for time, you can forego those psalm prayers uh, because the official. Liturgy of the Hours, um, that's not required, okay? And there's also a few other shortcuts. If you read the general instruction of the Liturgy of the Hours, there's also a few other little shortcuts that can happen when you're praying alone as opposed to when you're praying in a group. Um, I think with the Psalms, you can pray the antiphon at the beginning, and you don't have to repeat it at the end. Uh, I always like putting it at the beginning and the end. It just kind of completes it for me, but uh, that is one, I think, of the options. Now, I also might put out here that there is a new translation that is in the works. I'm not sure when it's going to get done, but I know it's um, being translated into several languages. Um, as we speak. So, uh, in the next year or so, we might be getting news of a new version, addition. And this is the church continually uh, making improvements uh, to help us to pray without ceasing these liturgy the hours. So, don't be surprised if you see a new edition come out. So, what do you think the liturgy of the hour does um, in helping people in their prayer life in general? Can you comment on that, please?
1: I think that it's, it's um, really just gets you into the the practice of praying. I think one of the things that I experienced when I was a young mother uh, and I was in a parish and um, father would have, he started these little prayer groups in the evening. And one of the things I noticed, there was one gentleman who could really just pray extemporaneously. He just could praise the Lord and pray extemporaneously. And a, a lot of the people, including myself, we were, we had some formal prayers we had memorized. We really didn't, we didn't feel comfortable when somebody said, would you lead a prayer, you know, or you were in this kind of setting. And so I think with the Liturgy of the Hours, it really helps you to develop a prayer life. If you've never had a prayer life before, I mean, a lot of people are like, okay, I'll have three minutes, good morning, God. Okay, bless my kids, my, you know, and we're off through the day, we're running now, you know? and." They don't give another thought to prayer, um, except maybe meal time. you know, where you say, bless us, oh, Lord. And then, of course, maybe they'll say in our father as a family or, you know, they're at, they're at a family gathering. But really, uh, my experience has been, as I've noticed, a lot of people are not comfortable in praying. They don't know how to pray. Um, so I think the, the Liturgy of the Hours is a wonderful way to practice prayer and to become comfortable with prayer. And so those words that you're you're praying, the the psalms and everything, make that part of your you. You become the prayer. And so what you take in, it's going to come out and you will be able to learn how to pray comfortably just, you know, from your heart to Jesus.
0: Right. And of course, we know in Carmel, St. Teresa of Avila tells us that to pray, that mental prayer is uh, um, an intimate, a frequent intimate conversation with him whom we know loves us. So we we shouldn't feel like because we can't pray extemporaneously, that we can't just talk to the Lord. We can just talk to the Lord. But I think through the liturgy of the hours, there's um there's concepts that are introduced to us. And there are ways of wording things that that help us to understand um, the kinds of prayers that strike the Lord's heart deeper than others, maybe. Um, I also think that the Liturgy of the Hours helps. To get us living the church year, that we're in sync with it rather than outside of it, uh, that that we yeah the entering
1: in, the... in yeah I think because a lot of people are don't go to daily mass they they usually just go to church on Sunday and so the amount of readings that you're exposed to um, the uh, you know the concepts of what what the priest is teaching in his homily. Um, You're getting, you're being fed once a week. I'm like, how hungry is your soul? (laughs) You only ate once a week. How hungry would you you be, you know? So I'm thinking we we need to feed our souls. And I think the Liturgy of the Hours is a beautiful way to do that. And so then the Holy Spirit can work with what we have, what we're taking in.
0: That reminds me of an adage I heard. Prayer is to the soul what air is to the lungs. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Want to be alive and kicking, you need to be praying.
1: <laughs> a lot of souls are very hungry. They're starving.
0: <laughs> Especially in this day oh. and age. Oh my Lord, help us. <laughs> um, I
1: think this is a beautiful awakening that we're seeing um, the liturgy of the hours uh, being more and more accessible to the laity in so many different ways. Um so that can only um bring about a transformation in you know people's lives um, and help open up some understanding that they perhaps didn't have. Before,
0: and I know you touched on this a little bit already, but just if you had any other suggestions on how the liturgy of the hours influence your experience of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass,
1: I think it brings about um, the whole picture. You know, it's because it's it's they're parts of a whole. Uh, Jesus prayed the Psalms, um, but I think it's a good preparation for the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Um, I think that one of the things that I've noticed, and it really bothers me, um, and I'm more and more sensitive to it, you know, we need to prepare properly for this most sublime gift of Jesus and the Holy Eucharist. And, you know, rushing in after Mass, the entrance hymn has started and just plopping down in the pews. Yes, I know, understand people are late sometimes. But if we get into the habit of always just, you know, showing up right when it starts. We're not properly disposed, but Jesus wants to give us so much of himself and you receive what you believe you receive and and what you're predisposed to receive. God can give you so much more when you've properly prepared, Um, you know, the sacrament of confession, um, taking time to pray Uh, in Medjugorje. And of course, it's it's still under uh, it's not been approved yet by the church, but um, the messages of Our Lady in Medjugorje. One of the things and she talked about preparing properly for Holy Mass to to arrive at least 15 to 20 minutes before Mass so that you can have time to recollect yourself and to to really prepare and, and, and come before Jesus, you know, with 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 humility and just like, OK, these are this and address our Lord a, in the way that he needs to be addressed. Um, you know, so if you're just rushing in, you're not preparing. But the Liturgy of the Hours, I think, um, gets us into the habit of prayerfully entering in to our prayer with God. And then, of course, with the readings and everything, they all connect. Um, but we're more mindful, I think, when we enter into the Mass, you know, um, when you show up. I like to do my, my mental prayer, the 30 minutes before Mass so i always show up you know about half an hour before mass so i can take because carmelites are required for that 30 minutes and i found for me right before mass is the best time for that um so it all it brings everything together and i encourage other people to do that if you can get to mass early 15 20 minutes you really need that time of preparation and then you can reflect on what you what you prayed in the morning prayer depending on when your mass is of course Some people have it before the morning prayer if they're going to like six o'clock, depending on where they live or their work schedule. But um, at my
0: parish, I know there's a lot of people that stay after mass because they've just received the Eucharist and mass seems to end so quickly after that. I'm like, "Ah," they want to stay and sit with Jesus. And so that's when they do their time of prayer. And uh, I just love uh, looking around and seeing how many people are sticking around. It's it's just really beautiful.
1: If, if your church allows that. I know some parishes, uh, there's people who like to lead the rosary. And so the silence is interrupted. And so, you know, depending on what your parish practice is, uh, some have the rosary before, some have it after. So I think, you know, just kind of adapting yourself to whatever your church is doing. Um, I know um, the, the church I attend, it's, it's quiet before. So that's where I take it.
0: Yeah. And I think when you're praying the Liturgy of the Hours every day, morning and evening prayer is what I'm talking about in particular, since that's the main requirement um, for the Lyrgy of the Hours for the discounts, Carmelite, Seculars. Um, it, it helps us to get involved in the universal church, the universal yearnings of of hearts throughout the world, throughout time. And, you know, when I first was learning that liturgy. of the hours. It taught me a lot about praying beyond my personal concerns. Um, of, of course, we're gonna pray about our personal concerns, but now I can have a silent but fruitful apostolate by praying for others. And it's already laid out for me, so I don't have to think about it. And I participate with others in it. So hopefully, um, you know, the fruits We won't necessarily see them, but we can, in faith, believe that the Lord is hearing these prayers and answering these prayers according to his divine will. So, wow, we've talked about a lot of different things. Um, And I think you brought up some really helpful suggestions for everyone, Um, even seasoned uh, prayers of the liturgy of the hours. And I just want to issue a spiritual challenge to our listeners if you don't already pray the liturgy of the hours pick it up try it Uh, there's lots of apps that you can follow along or get on youtube and do it there um or find a, a prayer buddy that'll help you out and if you already do pray the liturgy of the hours think of how you can improve how you pray maybe inject more of these sacred silences um maybe it is um trying to get in a more quiet place to do it, <laughs> um, maybe going down is a big one. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, there's, there's different ways we can improve it. And I know in your presentation, you talked about once a year reading the general instruction of the literacy of the hours, um, to remind us about some of these things, because we can get in our habits and our routine and forget. Some of these little things so you've brought a lot of things to the fore for us and i so appreciate you coming on now twice in a row to um help us uh you know touch on these things for the literature the the hours and i'm so grateful that you came and um, i'm looking forward to when we can have further conversations so
1: um well it's been my pleasure as always and um you know i you know, when we when we share what we glean from various um, liturgical practices and, and our spiritual reading and stuff, and when we share with us, we're actually also learning new things because it's teaching us about, you know, things that we maybe have taken for granted, you know, that it was just obvious to us, um, but maybe not so much obvious to others. So it's always a learning process.
0: <laughs> and here we are, Marika and I, during Holy Week, and so we um, we know you may be listening to this at a time that it's not Holy Week, but you know that you are in our prayers, you are listeners, and uh, we so appreciate you joining with us in these efforts to learn how to pray without ceasing. And I'm just going to ask Marika, would you mind doing a closing prayer for us, please?
1: Oh, it would be my pleasure. Um, I'd like to close with a prayer, and this is from St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross and um let's take a moment in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. oh my god fill my soul with holy joy courage and strength to serve you Enkindle your love in me and then walk with me along the next stretch of the road before me i do not see very far ahead but when i have arrived where the horizon now closes down A new prospect will open before me, and I shall meet it with peace. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And I think this prayer is beautifully fitting for Holy Week, because we are about to experience the resurrection of Christ, which is a new beginning for all of us.
0: Well, I pray that um, the graces are super abundant uh, for you, uh, Marika, and all of our listeners. And even if it isn't Holy Week, when you listen to this, I'm still praying for super abundant graces for all of you. <laughs> and let's keep each other in prayer. I hope that this um, program has been beneficial, has been helpful to you. Um, the most important thing, um, what Teresa Vavla always reminds us, never stop praying. So thank you for joining Karma Conversations. This has been Frances Harry with her guest, Marika Zimmerman. We look forward to, being with you again. God bless you.